I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. Returning today, Jason Daniels. Jason, welcome back. Uh, thank you, Tom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Marvellous. That, it's not nice to be back. I thought Ben done a terrific job last week and I feel for him because I know he had Paratore on his list and didn't quite put him up. So, uh, so if you're listening, Ben, sorry. And I'm sorry for the column as well because that probably gave Paratore <laughs> another couple of hurties as well. Yeah, look, I'll, you know, really grateful that Ben stepped in last week. Nice to have you back all the same. Three events to have a look at this week. It's a busy week. European tours now in a bit of a swing, isn't it? After you know we had those couple of events where I refused to sort of call them the European tour. I think we're back to normal now. And then we've obviously got the major next week, so it's going to be interesting to see what what the guys do at the St Jude as well and in the WGC. And I think there's two good events to look forward to this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, the British Masters was um, was all right in the end, wasn't it? Actually, I think the leaderboard, the front two, reversed their form from uh, Mauritius. Young players with plenty in front of them. So it was nice to see. We fancied the plodders who all actually did particularly well anyway. They weren't necessarily up there, but they all did well. And it was it was a good finish. Paratore did very, very well. Not exactly being put under the most pressure down the back nine. There's not a lot he can do about that. Kept his score going. And, and it did look like a nice European tour event with some promise to the future. So, yeah, it, it does look as though hopefully it will carry on over the next few weeks around, around the British Isles. And we get some finishes like that again. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think, you know, Paratore's come under some criticism, isn't he, in the past for not closing. Uh, when you think of it, he's only 23 years of age. And no, he didn't get put under pressure yesterday. And that was why you don't really get a, a real sort of insight into how good he is under pressure. But he did what he needed to. Four rounds under 70. 69 was obviously his worst of the week, but it was tough conditions yesterday. Uh, Saturday, sorry. And he won it easily in the end. You know, as I say, he's got plenty of years ahead of him. So has Rasmus Hogard. Quite disappointing in Justin Harding, as you obviously were as well. He just really didn't put in the sort of performance that I thought his ability has is, is got to now. Like I thought he was a, a different grade of player to what he's been suspected before, and it almost looked like it's gone, gone a bit of a reversal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my theory was that Harding would sort of out-plod them, out-green them, if you like, and just put them under too much pressure. He did get to them, didn't he, early on? I think the problem with him is he kept he kept going and, and Paratori kept pulling away. And then when they came to the, I think it was the par 5 eighth, I think it was, top of my head, he had that two and a half, three footer to stay stay a couple behind, uh, missed it. And from then on, his game sort of fell apart, really. He made some really bizarre decisions, taking three wood on, on again, I can't remember, 12th or 13th, where it was just an iron down the left and it just falls down into the fairway. There were just some silly decisions by him. And, you know, in the end, I think it was right. I think the one, two were absolutely right. Rasmus Hogard is player that's going to be around for a very, very long time. And he's going to be winning an awful lot and he'll be top 50 in the world within the next year and a half or two years. Yeah, he looks absolutely, absolutely outstanding. You know, if they went head to head down the stretch, I'd, I'd have Hogard every time. But that's not knocking Paratore. So well played. Yeah, he, he did the job. I mean, he was bogey free for whatever, 60 something holes, wasn't he? Yeah, just going back to Rasmus Hogard, I'm going to tie this into a little bit of correlation maybe possibly that we haven't actually discussed yet it's just one that's come up as we've been talking about him you know he's come second last week and we spoke about the fred olsen tournament didn't we that we're going to tie into and the the event that replaced that or the same event but changed course now hogard finished second in that last year adrian moronk finished seventh who also finished 21st last week ben stowe finished ninth who finished 10th last week 
Laurie Cantor finished 10th there, who finished 29th last week. So maybe there's a bit of a pattern there uh, in that sort of test that sort of gives us a bit of a clue this week. And maybe the Hogard goes well again. That, okay, he's 30 to 1. But as much as it seems like the European Tour's back, this is not a, this is still not a full-strength field. And he should, if he's on the trajectory that we think he is, be one of the class names when we look back at this sort of event. Yeah, 40 to 1 was, was amazing if anybody got that. Yeah, um, not quite sure what happened there. And, and even looking at it now, I know he's, the 30s has gone. I think he's 28 now as we as we speak. And he, he certainly looks the class. It's the old adage, isn't it? He was 95 last week, Rasmus. And he did catch my eye price only. And I really, sh- you know, I really should have really should have put him up just purely on um, on ability and, and prospect for the future. So I, I've got no problem in, in his price this week, whether he's been cut or not, I think. For me, he, he he should be in front of somebody like Andy Sullivan. I think he's totally exposed. Uh, and yeah, he, he should be closer to 20 to 1 for me. Would I back him at 28? To be honest, I'd rather be on him than Luton, Dietrich, Sullivan, probably Harding now as well. So I'd put him in front of all of them. Until he's got the scar tissue, mm. there's nothing to, to worry about, is there? You know, he, he's a winner already on tour in Mauritius. You know, he's he's gone close again yesterday. Okay, he didn't didn't quite do enough to to keep up with Parazore, but it didn't go away really. And at the moment it's all positive, isn't it? There's gonna be times when he's gonna fall down the leaderboard when he should be challenging and that's gonna come. But until that does, he's it's only positive and you know, that that's that's all you've got to go on at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's a short career and, and it looks in a good shape. Let's not forget his uh, his twin as well, Nikolai, because he, he'll be coming along at some point. You know, as Rasmus gets shorter, Nikolai will be getting bigger and at some point he will band hit form. So we need to keep an eye on him to see if he does anything on on the next few tournaments just to get little inklings. But the last couple of events as we've come back, having a good finish the week before has been quite relevant. So Stolter had a tied 15 before winning. Paratore had a good finish before winning. Hogard's only just come back and he was second. Now he can't improve much. He can only win. He's going to improve on that. As you rightly say, I see absolutely no negatives in, in his play at all. And it's just a matter of whether you want to play at the price. I'd have to put him in as a saver at worst because there's just no negative. And when we talk about playing well the week before, okay, that's always important, isn't it? You always want to be looking at players that have played well in, in recent weeks and current form and that sort of thing. But one, it was already more important because we're going to have you know, lockdown and things like that. So you wanted to see out where people's games are. But two, we're just travelling down the road in the car now, aren't we? It's not a case of, okay, we're only going to England, to Sweden or England, to France or whatever. It's England to England. It's you know, a couple of hours down the road in what should be a similar test. So it seems even more important this week to, to look back at how the players played a week ago. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start us off. I think that Eddie Pepperell played well for three rounds last week. Played horribly on the final day. He shot 77 after shooting 67, 69, 69. But first time out after a very long layoff, he's completely changed his body shape, hasn't he? He's, he's mm-hmm. slimmed down an awful lot. Because of his personality... And, and how he is on social media. I think now he's sort of pigeonholed and sometimes overlooked at the quality of player that he actually is. I think it happened to, to Beef like a couple of years yeah. ago when there was all a bit yeah. of a pandemonium about him. I don't think it's quite on the same level because I think that there is more substance in Pepperell's career already. But it's, I think it's quite easy to forget that he's won the British Masters two years ago, Qatar Masters as well, and then comes second at last year's British Masters as well, and then a third at the Players' Championship and the sixth in the open so this is a player that really is top draw especially in this level of field okay you know you've got Loughton who's won three times the amount he has but 
against probably weaker fields. And Pepperell is just his top draw. And if he can keep that terrible score off from last week in the final round, then you'd, you'd certainly fancy him to close it out if he's in, in contention. Yeah, like you say, he's one, he's one of the classier players in the field. There is no argument from me. Whether I want to be, whether I want to be on at 25, there's a something, there's a something, and I can't put my finger on it, and I can't make it logical. For me, given the same price, I'll be taking the chance on the much younger man if I had to. I think your first impression for me was exactly the same. I thought that actually 25 was quite short, but when you really delve into it, what price can you make it? Mm. Especially when you've got Ryan Fox at 22, Andy Sullivan at 20s. I'm not saying he's the wrong price. I'm saying that, that there are others that, or another that is slightly more appealing. But yeah, there's absolutely no. I mean, he's a class player. You've you've gone through his best career stats, and there's no reason why something like the, you know, a, a basic event, if you like, Forest of Arden, which is perfect for him. There's absolutely no reason why he can't can't win at all. It's just what what do you want? How many do you want in that price break? I think the other thing as well is I don't know if he seems. I don't know why because he doesn't seem that type of player. But does he just seem to turn it on at bigger events? When he needs to, you know, when you look down his list, he's won the British Masters, he's won the Qatar Masters, second at the Irish Open, second at the Scottish Open. Seems to be the the bigger event. But then you look back and he's had a second in Portugal Masters, which is a slightly smaller event. He's third there as well, KLM. So he does do it in the in the fields you expect him to go well in as well. So I thought a twenty five to one didn't immediately jump off as value to me, but I think when you look into it and you think who can win this event, I mean, there's plenty of people that can. I think it's definitely one of those weeks where. You could probably have 20 picks, and, and I wouldn't call you stupid. I wouldn't advise that as a staking plan, but there's 20 players I could probably say, yeah, all right, fair enough. And I think he's one of them for you, and, and, and I think he's a pick. Yeah, he's, he's not a pick for me. So who who would be your the top pick for you this week? <laughs> well, everybody knows that I do try and, and sort of find a route that may be slightly different. So I've got a theory here, and the only theory I could find. The first is Darren Clark won twice in 2000, 2002, and obviously also won his Open at Royal St George's. It may be spurious, but the designer had a link for both those courses. Looking back at everything else that he's had a hand in designing, as we go this way first, there was Tachina, which held the Fred Olsen on the Challenge Tour between 2009-2016. And of those, you've got Reese Davis, who won twice. He won twice. He's also, he has a very good record at the Trophy of San as well. Should have won that twice, Mr. Two-Footer, against David Horsey, 22nd one. That links into... Morocco. This gets a bit convoluted. Part Morocco aside for a minute. We also go back to the winners of the senior masters around here over the last few years. We've got Thomas Levey, Santiago Luna, Stephen Dodd, and Marcus Brier always turns up at, or he always used to turn up at the senior masters. If we look back at the type of player they are and their overall record, they also have events like the British Masters, Valderrama, tricky courses in France, Morocco, Mallorca, the Austrian Open. KLM, so they're all a similar type. They have form in, in those similar sort of tracks. More convoluted, Dodd and Bria also won the Volvo China Open. Now, for some reason, there are a lot of players that win the China Open that also have form at tree-line difficult undulating tracks. If we go back to the last few winners, Mikko Kornahan, who's third at Valderrama, he's got tied second and third at Schwani, which is tree-lined over there in South Africa, seventh at the KLM. Uh, Alexander Bjork, who I quite fancied last week started well, but sort of plodded along. He was tied fifth at Shawani, and he's also got four at Morocco. I think he's got third and tied nine. Uh, Alexander Levy. These are different courses, but it doesn't seem to matter because they seem to have the same skill set. 
he's also won at Morocco and he was third in 2015 in China as well. So if we add all that up together, I'm quite happy in the absence of anything reasonably solid to go along. And I think they've got chances anyway with Cornerhan, Bjork and Levy for a start over at the Forest of Arden. I'm happy to then add Adrian Sadier, who I'm a big fan of anyway, who won the Fred Olsen in 2016. I'm also going to keep my eye on Toby Tree, who's obviously a friend of the podcast. He was seventh over there in 2016. He actually played really, really well last week on a course that I really didn't think would suit him at all. So for me, that very, very convoluted route to get into those people, and it is only one route, which is a potential issue, but that, that's the way I'm going, and I'm happy to do that. I think they've got chances anyway on their best form. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, And it's funny you mentioned Toby Tree because I spoke to him just after you know he finished on Saturday. I didn't want to speak to him on Friday when, uh, when things didn't go his way, but... I sort of said to him, you know, it was great to see him play so well for, for the first couple of rounds and, and sort of bring it back on the final day as well. And he was really happy with how he played. He said he played really well. He said he felt he got shafted a bit. I'm thinking sort of referencing the draw with the weather he had to face and things like that. He said he couldn't really buy apart on the first nine on, on Wednesday. And just looking at how he played last week for, for the majority of it, you know, 250 to one about a player yeah. we expect to be better than suggests on, on his form so far. You're taking a chance on on such a well such a low risk why not have a go he's a good player isn't he yeah i mean you know to be honest we didn't interview him because we expected him to be world number 2086 you know we expect him to be somewhere and we, we do believe he's he's a better player than he's showing at the moment if you listen to the pod we know he's dedicated himself so maybe that that performance last week will kick him on a bit i mean he did as you rightly say look as though he played uh, much better than his eventual his eventual finish he looked like he was going to definitely reach top 20 at some point so, yeah, I, I've got no problem really there with, uh, with with sticking them at 250. But they'd be, the, you know, the way I've, I've said is the way I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, I've got two more definitive picks and then just one other player that I you know, want to mention. The first one is Jeff Winter, 55 to 1. Now, when the prices come out, I sort of think, you know, if he's 55 to 1, what kind of field are we looking at again? But then when you dive deeper into it, he's not Mr. Cut in 2020. Finished third in the Qatar Masters before before the shutdown. He finished 14th last week at the British Masters. Shot 66 on the last day. Uh, in really tough conditions. You know, it doesn't matter what time he teed off. He's a massively improving player. Just from those two results alone, you could you could sort of make a case for him. But then you go back to your Schwani Open thing. He finished second there in 2016. Fred Olsen, he finished fifth out in 2015. I just thought that for someone that clearly seems to be playing at a much higher level, he played at the Open Deer Spaniel last year and finished fourth. Two of the three people that beat him were John Rahm and Rafa Carrera-Bello. So, you know, it's class players to, yeah. to get in front of him. Adrianos was behind him. Harding, Sergio Garcia finished behind him. So he's obviously a, you know, a rising talent. Um, you know, I say rising, so it's not like he's young, but he's obviously finding his best career form, whatever that may be. Is he going to be a winner? Well, third mm. place in Qatar, one shot outside of the playoff between Campillo and, and Drysdale, and he did let himself down in final round 72. But that was the same score that Campillo shot, so it wasn't. It was obviously a, a, you know in line with the score in that day. I just think that he's playing very, very well for someone that you know is, is clearly just improving at 55 to one. And the other yeah. one that I'm certain on is, is um, Ashley Chester's. Now, you know, I always think back to the Open, uh, you know, it was at St Andrews 2015, you finished tied 12, which wasn't even good enough to be low amateur because there was, you know, a whole host of them play well that year. 
but every now and then he pops up and it seems to be on sort of tough like accurate tests he finished fourth at Valderrama he's finished ninth in the Denmark event in 2018 which has been some sort of links to that this year for this week sorry now I don't know how much stock to put in that but there's an eighth place finish in Morocco to look at which we're obviously looking at again two decent finishes at Valderrama and any form in in Britain is going to help this week he's finished 21st at Wentworth last year and that tied 12 finish at St Andrews is obviously a good indicator now he led the driving accuracy stats last week he finished third in greens in regulation it's final round 74 yes disappointing especially when you're in with a chance he was tied fifth going into the final round but he's not been there very often 30 years of age now he hasn't fulfilled that pedigree that he showed at that open but some people take longer than others we see it all the time he clearly strikes the ball very well and just needs to to see an uptick on that putting i thought 80 to 1 was quite surprised just because of how well he played last week really i think you can forgive him a bad round in tough conditions especially when you look at as i've alluded to pepper will shooting 77 if he can do that then you, you can't be too angry at chester's for shooting a 74 so I thought he was very interesting, 80 to 1. And the other one is another person that's come on the podcast. We're not just doing this because we are friends with them, if you like. <laughs> Stephen Brown. He shot. He missed the cut by one last week. Uh, shot level par. 175 to 1 you can get on him. And I just think, you know, he won the Portugal Masters last year. There's not, there's not a million winners in this field to choose from straight off the bat anyway, as it is. But he's attached to Wentworth. That's his home course. He finished second in that Denmark course that they talking about in 2018. 16th in the British Masters in 2018 if he can get himself through to the weekend he's someone that hits a lot of greens and really when he puts himself in contention does very very well he played his best golf when he was under the gun in Denmark and Wallace had to stick it to about two foot in the playoff hole to beat him played out unconsciously in the back nine in Portugal when he had the chance he's had a couple of chances on the challenge tour as well 11th in France, which is a very tough event, this is out of form. He's not in the greatest of form so far. You know, he'll be the first to admit that. But if he can just get through to the weekend, I, I don't see why he can't quite improve on the 175 to one shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have the opinion on um, Brown. I can see where you are with Chester's. I mean, you look at Dale Whitnell last week, 31 years old, but um, his, you know, his junior and his junior career is well up there with, you know, some of the best out there. And it's taken him a long while to get anywhere. Whether that fourth kicks him on again, I don't know. But as you, you mentioned, Chester's age at 30. So why not? Absolutely, yeah, his figures last week were great. And he's only going to go up the road. Obviously, massive experience in England on the, on the minor tours that he's been playing on. Probably more so than most of the, Euro, you know, than most of the regular European tour. So, yeah, I mean, th- there's a few there. There's the Chester's. I would prefer somebody like Jack Senior, for example. But I, why not? Any decent finish and any decent performance give them so much confidence they can find that couple of shots can't they for the week after so again i think you can make certain cases like that for most of them here he's not for me but i can't argue with you at the end of the day when we're talking about brown and tree we're not they're not necessarily picks as such i think they're just people that we thought looked a decent price that based on their talent level i mean it's you know you've only got to go back to the portugal masters last year for a win for Stephen brown it's just if you look at this field not many of these players are winning so i just thought that was a standout thing for me. Not necessarily yep. even that confident in it. Let's move on now to... Unless you've got anything else for this one? No, I think worth mentioning is Aaron Rye, I think who showed showed another glimpse of form last week. 
people who used to read my nonsense on the challenge tour will know that we were on him to win the uh, order of merit don't know if i've mentioned that 52 times or not he's an awesome player tee to green uh, when he's right and his short game is stunning 21st last week again you know we've been talking about how they've been coming on being top 30 the week before finished with a 72 it wasn't an easy easy round the final round so that's fine he's a better putter than he's showing he showed up a bit why not winter i quite i quite like your argument for winter actually to be honest and ollie fisher who again should be better than these or better than this grade should i say not better than these hasn't necessarily done what he should have done but we'll like england number seventh last week with some you know cracking figures really top 15 uh, greens in red top 14 in putts you can write as you rightly said you can write a list of 20 and you i think you'll get a decent run you may not get the winner but i think they're reasonably obvious i won't want to go too far down the list to be honest david law played like well last week in spells 250 to one they're there i think you can make a case if you think they're going to come on for that run ben stowe you already mentioned was a top 10 obviously again plenty of experience in england 200 to one not necessarily saying they're going to win wouldn't be surprised if they were there wouldn't surprise come, me if come yeah, Sunday, why, why not yeah why not i just think the top of the market actually mate we don't want to be on six of the top 10 do we so it's quite interesting because down below, I think we are looking at three-figure golfers and going, yeah, you can make a case for it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go on to the event we don't have so much to talk about this week is is the Barracuda Championship. <laughs> now, the reason I don't have much to talk about is the fact that it's changed course this year. It's changed from Jack Nicklaus Design in California rather than its Reno Tahoe Open location. You know, these opposite field events I find very difficult to get excited about. I know a lot of people tend to find a bit of value there and get a little bit excited i tend to focus on the event i'm more interested in watching and and can kind of get a gauge on where people's games at i think you're not guessing there is obviously signs on these sort of players but it's not as easy to to chalk up as it is the main event so we've got russell henley there as a favorite he's not putting very well is he (laughs) the putting has cost him an awful lot he's playing his best ball striking season of his career just wasting it by i don't know what he's doing he's just completely he's gone blind on the putting green for whatever reason can he turn that on in, a, in an opposite field event possibly but i won't be taking a chance even if 22 to 1 compared to 30 to 1 that it was last week in a better event is seems fairly generous on the face of it yeah i mean it's an event where you've got to just get birdies haven't you you've got to score highly on this modified modified staple for have a game down the park with your mates format um nonsense format really absolutely ludicrous you know and i think morikawa when he won last year on obviously on a different course now i thought we've learned he birdied the last four or five holes didn't he which you know you wouldn't bet on him doing now would you so yeah it's going to be if it's similar to previous courses it's going to be bash it down there give yourself a chance and putters win don't they bogey avoidance is going to be important i think obviously it's minus one for a bogey so albatross is eight eagles five birdie two par zero bogey minus one so bogey avoidance or even that there's a really weird stat on there which is birdie to bogey ratio which is yeah. really weird but when you consider there's you know or three putt avoidance might be the key there chance to have a birdie worth two points and you end up with bogey minus one it's you know three shots difference it's just another shot on top of what would normally be on a stroke play championship for me look you could i think you can only go in it with players that are in form you do get big price winners here, but going with players that are in form, that have played better in, in better events. Yeah, I think there are a couple that, that look obvious, but there are worries about them as they would be, which is why they're not playing over at WGC. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we say you get you do get some big price players. Well, they're a big price for a reason, right? That you know, they've not been playing 
very well at all anywhere for a number of months or whatever and then they come up against a, another whole host of players in the field that are doing exactly the same and uh, someone just prevails that week that's the way i see these yep. events it's seldom that you know the winners are the standout favorites but colin morikawa would have been heavily favored when he won he last year and he beat troy merritt who's obviously a name as well the year before andrew putnam won and beat a chad campbell so gary woodland's finished second here you can get the class player can turn up and and take advantage of basically it's not flat bullying is it but they're playing against players they don't have to normally take on each week because they're normally a different grade so i think the first sort of person that caught my eye well originally we were talking about sam burns weren't we last week had a good had a good look into last week didn't do an awful lot wrong but possibly wasn't as good as we were hoping it's gone from 50 to 1 to 33 in a a much weaker field it's not terrible emiliano grillo 33 to 1 we always have question marks over his putting, but makes a lot of birdies and you know and eagles when he needs to. And the, the the actual format itself might suit him rather than actually playing to par. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going to Burns. I mean, he was my initial pick for this until I realised it wasn't on the same track. Will it make a difference? I, I don't know. Will it? It's, it's got a test. I'm sure it's going to be easier because the because it's it's they want the points up there, don't they? That's that's yeah. how they set these these tournaments out. I mean, Burns is top ten in driving distance, which I think was key. I think his range is round about 30, might be slightly over on, on um, strokes game pain. Boring stat, if you want to throw one in, is he's six, I think, in streaks streaks with no three putts or something like that. Anyway, Burns was my initial one. Uh, made perfect sense as well because he's got the uh, tied seventh at uh, 3M Championship twice. And he's also got tied six in the Barbasol 2017, which is obviously the event that's opposite the Open. So he can play an opposite event. Bizarrely, Morikawa also had that 3M tied second uh, before he won here. So there was that slight tie in, but he, he was the one, had it been up the other gaff, um, I would have definitely been on. I'd, I'd have to have another look at him really at 33 now. Grio, you've mentioned, yeah, tied third last week, tied third and tied second in Puerto Rico, another opposite event, tied 21 here, six birdies on Sunday. Tita Green, we know he's always going to be special. He's, I think he's top 30 at the moment, Tom, I think. And he's putting his 214th. I didn't even know there's 214. I didn't even know there's 214 players. It's a problem, isn't it? You know, it's all very well getting there, but if he can't convert a five footer for birdie, and you're looking at 44 points to win here, you, you've got to look at the price. I mean, do you know what I think is? You might as well have 10 players at top 10 here this week, because so many of them have got problem at the end of their game. That's why they're here, isn't it? That's what we said at the start. Is yeah, but you're that's why they're in this one, field, isn't it? You're guessing which one's going to putt. Having said that, Morikawa, not the best putter in the world, and managed it. So, you know, those two for me look obvious. And again, if, if I'll throw in another one, for me, has been downgraded and playing much better than his eventual result. Is Cameron Tringali, or Triangle, as I like to call him. Again, tied third last week. Fantastic tournament. Six birdies in his final round as well. The old course used to have a time with John Deere, where he led the 2019 John Deere for three rounds before fading, as obviously he would do, to finish tied 16th. He was tied 6th at the Barbasol, opposite the Open, uh, in 2017, and he currently ranks just outside the top 30 for Teach Green. I think he's 28 on uh, strokes gain total, which in this field is, is fantastic. We'll take that. He's shooting 4.63, I think, for par 5 average, um, and he's top 15 driving distance. So... His all-round form, we've been doing quite well on him with um, on the exchanges. I've been advising to take him at stupid prices. 
my worry is that this not being televised exchange is going to be absolutely dead so having said that he would be one at the top of the market that i at 40 to one i think is is pretty fair when you consider Kymer hasn't been out for a while he's 33 Grio, they're the, they're all they're the same, aren't they? Richie Rowenski is is definitely worth a, a poke. He loves it here, doesn't he? He, he loves it at St Jude actually. Again, so this is an opposite event to a course that he loves playing. Yeah. Whether that counts as an opposite event, I don't know. But he played really well last week. Faded didn't he when he had a chance and then came again. There are so many, aren't they? Patrick Rogers should be better than this lot. <laughs> you know, we've discussed another couple which I'm sure you'll bring up in a minute. But those three look. They have to be there, surely, one of them. Well, Wawrinski has been a player that has been talked about for the other events, isn't he? He's been mm. tipped quite a lot, at, you know, fancy prices for basically since uh, the restart. And he's, he's not missed a cut since we started again. Yeah, OK, there's been a couple of you know, 58s and 46 finishes. The last three, he's gone 21st, 35th and 3rd last week. As you say, he's, he's played well here or in this event in the past. Um, and he's got a runner-up finish in this event. So... Yeah, in those sort of smaller tournaments, he, he does do well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a opposite field of merchant, if you like. You know, he's second at this, second in the Barbasol. And that's that has been, to date, his level, isn't it? He turns up in these sort of events. Can he now convert what's been his better season at the higher level and drop himself down and come and win this event? There is this sort of big agenda against him at the moment because he was wearing one of those Blue Lives Matter bands, wasn't he, last week, mm. which is all about the, the police and things like that. But he's been wearing that since 2018, so it's a bit of a non-story on his part. Whether you know he gets hassled and asked yeah. about it, you know, I don't think he will. Does he care? Probably not. So I think that 33-1 to 1 was interested about him. It's hard because I hate looking at these events because they're sort of the people you back at three-figure prices in a regular Absolutely. event, and then suddenly you've got to take a fifth of the price, and you think, well, but it's it's all relative, isn't it? It's, you know, when Russell Henley's a favourite, you've got to put things into perspective. Yeah. The one name that we uh, we had a discussion about before we come on here was uh, Johnny Vegas, not the comedian. Mm. Um, obviously, the, the very good golfer. He is actually, you know, a player that's generally speaking better than this sort of event, isn't he? He's won two. Canadian Opens, which is going to be important when we come on to it in a minute. He's won the the Bob Hope Classic, as it was when he won it, and and played well in their past. Uh, and he's also, you know, finished high up in two Players Championships uh, and the Honda Classic, which again is important when I mention it in a minute. Now, the Canadian Open, he's won back to back in 2016 and 17, and that was at Glen Abbey, which Jack Nicholas designed. This is a Jack Nicholas designed course. Honda Classic is a Jack Nicholas designed course where he finished fourth. You know, he should be one of the better players in this event you know he's he's missed the last two cuts but since coming out he's finished 60th 17th uh 24th so nothing really to suggest that he's not in enough form to play well here best start of the season was tied ninth in the puerto rico open which is obviously a similar sort of uh-huh. uh level of this event isn't it yeah i just think that you know he shot 62 on the final day to get himself up there in puerto rico but he should have played better than that throughout the week anyway it should be right up his street. I think he, he likes the sort of he probably likes the format. Um, he's the sort of player that bashes it a mile and, yep. and can score low, can't he? Get on a bit of a run. And I just thought of forty five to one, considering the rest of the field, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I yeah, can't argue. I think we we started talking about him before we came on and, and I think we've convinced ourselves, haven't we, really? Um yeah, which is I mean, her- dangerous. Yeah, heritage, you know, 63, 69, 67. Travelers sixty five, sixty seven, sixty six. He's got two missed cuts. 
we say it every single week. 72-72 and 72-69, they're, they're not horrendous. He's downgraded. Bosch is the ball, which which would have helped at the other gaff. We're presuming this will be the same. We, we don't know what he's going to do on the greens. I mean, I think I I think I was watching him at the Travellers. I think they were covering him. Um, and he was making some bizarre putts on the greens. But this is exactly the type of tournament that, that those people will win. And let's face it, everybody else we've mentioned is hardly the, the greatest putter in the world anyway. Putt blindly anyway. So. Which, is, which is why, you know, at the end of the day, which is why they're here, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean... I think you're right. I think you make a good case for Johnny. And yeah, I'd be happy along with a 45 to 1 with him. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, there's, there's a, it's a really hard event to narrow down. That's why I can't get two. Because let's look at the next list of players. Venture, we talked about last week. Um, with Ben, you know, 50 to 1. Didn't really show much last week. Carl Stanley always turns up to these sort of events and plays well. He's a bit of a class player, but doesn't doesn't win as much as he should. Ryan Arm has been playing well, can shoot yeah. low. Yeah, Troy well. Merritt, you know, we, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago as a, as a fancy for one of those big events. Now, he has won the Barbasol, which is opposite event. He's won the Quicken Loans. He's come second in this event last year, albeit a different course. He should like it, shouldn't he? He should relish the fact that he hasn't got to play against the big boys. And, he, you know, he was in really good form. But he missed the last two cuts, but he finished eighth for the Rocket Mortgage, 22nd in the first uh, event at Muirfield Village. There's so many, isn't there? They're, they're... Yeah, it, you can you can almost throw quite a few darts at a board and, and just pick a few. The other person I, you know, I will mention, because I just think that, that three figures, you, you want to have someone, and that's Josh Teeter. He was a bit unlucky to, to lose to Victor Hovland, wasn't he, at the Puerto Rico, where he, he nailed that long bomb eagle putt. If it does um, mean he might win again, doesn't it, though? Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's finished second at that Puerto Rico Open and he generally plays these sort of events pretty well. This is his sort of thing. He's finished seventh in this event before that, sixth at the Barbasol, uh, ninth at the uh, second sorry, at the Puerto Rico Open. It's just 11th Bermuda Championship. When he's in a, in a field that doesn't necessarily have the top class in it, he's got a 13th and a sixth at the Barracuda and Barbasol as well two years ago. He's just... That's his level, isn't it? That That could have been a... It was not life-changing in the fact that it was a big event for him to win that first week. It was just a bit of job security, wasn't it? That's all it was. And and that's just his level. He just he just plays this. He's a very good player between the Corn Ferry and and this. And, yeah, I just think they're a big price. He's worth having a look. Yeah. I, you know, there's a few. There's, there's, there are a few. I mean, Taylor Gooch you can make a case for. You go back to the Canada thing, by the way. Quite interestingly. I know Murray Carl's only had a short career. Obviously, he was 14th on his only run out in Canada, and Andrew Putnam was tied 8th in Canada. Uh, um, so your Johnny Vegas thing might be even more stronger than you think it is. There's so many here. You've got people that are on the way down, people that are on the way up, and people who just aren't going to get anywhere. Alex Noren played well last week. We know him from over here, and we know that he's a cracking player, but can I trust zero, him? Zero wins, according to the people. Yeah, exactly. Talk, but... Well, yeah, but can I, can I trust him? No, Vaughn Taylor pops up from time to time. I don't know. I think you've made a very good case for a couple of them. I'd throw in Matt Naismith, Nesmith, whatever you want to call him. Neesmith. He writes it in his Twitter account. He, Does he? he announces it. Yeah, yeah. Neesmith. Okay, okay. I think he's a bit sensitive about it, actually. Yeah, so well, hopefully yeah. he's listening. Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in the monkeys anyway, was he? He was a different type, different one. Green's in reg, uh, approaching the green. He's very high up this year. He's tied six at the Puerto Rico Open as well. And I think he won the, uh, is it Boise Open? 
So if Boise you say open, yeah. Boise Open, Boise Open, depends if you're French or whatever. Um, I think that's altitude. Why not? Sh- second, yeah, he's shown he's shown bits and pieces, isn't he? He's a slightly bigger price. He hasn't been playing great, to be honest, but it is a downgrade. He's got form in the area. He's got top 20s in California at the uh, American Express and the and at Pebble Beach. He could be one. I, I, you know, it's so hard. I, if you said to me, you know, narrow it down to three, I, I probably couldn't. And this is the thing, isn't it? Every week we say, oh, you know, there's probably 10 players that if you said to me they would win, I wouldn't be surprised. There's literally 50, I think, this week where if, you, if they win come Sunday, I'll be like, okay, well, that's not yeah. that unexpected. And if you want me, if you said three, I'll go Tringali, Neesmith and Johanneton Vegas. I thought Cameron Davis was quite impressive last week and he's, and he's playing pretty well. Got Stallings has been playing well and can go low on this sort of track. Oh, Stanley's playing well. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the type of players that are, they wish they were in the, or obviously they all wish they're in the, you know, WGC field. But they've been there in the past and they've, you know, won, haven't they? So they know they can get there. Whereas some of these players will never get there. It's just, it's very, very hard to, to narrow down. Really, we we've spoken off air about Matthias Schwab yeah. being a, you know, an excellent ball striker, but a terrible putter at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was actually, you know, impressed really that he he's come over here and and played in a few events and taken his opportunity. But yes. he needs to roll in the putts, doesn't he? You can't. You're gonna to have to go. Was it 47 points, whatever it is that you need here? That's a lot. Um, yeah. You can't it's be a big. lot without putts, isn't it? I think you need people that at least have shown somewhere at some point that they can putt. Yeah, if they even haven't shown just it, in these types of events, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. If, if they, yeah, if they haven't shown anything, then yeah, you know, 40 to well, like you say, you've you've made a great case for Johnny Vegas. And he's a bigger price than Schwab. Schwab's got potential, and he's a potential to go past somebody like that. But you've you've got to bet him at a shorter price this week, and there is no real justification for it, I don't think. No, because when you're looking at someone like Schwab, okay, well, he's got the potential to be a very good player. But is he gonna have three PGA Tour wins at the end of his career? Um, is he gonna, you know, contend in a Players Championship? Well, Johnny Vegas has done all these things. Yeah, already played well in WGC events when he's got there. Um, okay, he's not the best player in the PGA Tour, but three wins is nothing to be sniffed at. There's people that have won majors that have won less events than that, so he is what he is, and you just... It's, it's dart throwing. That's why I don't like the event. They've got to throw darts at the pins to score points. We've got to throw darts to pick someone, and, and I can't you know, sit here and say I've got any strong feeling about anyone. Maybe Vegas is probably the strongest feeling I've mm-hmm. got. Just I think he's probably a class above. But otherwise, I think I'm just giving you a few names that, that stand out to me, and, and that's why I don't want to get too deep into it. Over to the main event of the week is the WGC St. Jude Classic. It was obviously uh, a regular PGA Tour event for many years before turning into WGC last year. Obviously attracted a stronger field last year for that reason, uh, but it was played after a major championship as well, so it was hard to really get a gauge on, on who was going to play well last year. And then it's you, now you've got a few clues, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Very weird the way that the schedule has gone. Did it make any difference? You know, I mean, rereading sort of bits from last year. That was the case. It was, oh, he was blown away last week. Now he's now he's playing at the WGC. Um, had he had done this last week, you know, and hopefully at, at Southwind, he's got a better record, et cetera, et cetera. We haven't got that this week, have we? You know, we played the 3M, which half of them didn't play anyway. Um, and the well, couple that, the cut. Yeah. Well, a couple that did play couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Be really, in- <laughs> be really interesting because um, it's a mixture of, of, of a course, really, isn't it? So the long hitters can do well. Um, so your Brooks obviously won last year. Webb was second. 
Fitzgerald is there, you know, um, Poulter's up there, uh, record here. So you've got a, such a variety of, of styles of play. It seems to suit everybody. You've just got to be very, very tidy and you've got to play extremely well to win here. You know, there's no 25 under here. So, yeah, it's a fascinating tournament and, and it probably comes at a better time than coming after a major, I think, as far as I'm concerned. This will be a better lead into a major than it will be a tournament after, for my opinion. First of all, I don't like to, to correct you, but you just call Matt Fitzpatrick Fitzgerald, which I think, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, sorry. no respect uh, on, a, on a player no. of his ability. But, you know, yeah, we won't harbour on that too much. I'm not, I'm not going to, you're not going to bully you about it, but you did yeah. do it. I really like this course because, as you say, it, it's not uh, a one size fits all. And I think that's a, that's a sign of a really good course. I think they've, mm. you know, it's a great event. It does bring out the class winners. Don't really get... You get all these players, you know, at WGC leaderboard, you always get someone tied 7th, tied 8th, and you think they were 300 to 1 that week or whatever. You always get someone like that. But when, it, when the chips are down, the winners are the elite players, aren't they? Yeah, um, and as you say about the, the major championships, you know, not coming after or the week before or whatever, this is the biggest event so far, isn't it? You know, in terms of stature. So it's something for them to look forward to. It's a way for them to pit themselves up against one another before the major next week um and i think you know it it should show us what we what we're going to expect at the pga i know it's a different test different sort of uh way of going about things but i think we'll learn a lot this week and uh, it'd be interesting to see it will be yeah i mean you've got you know you take john ram who's favorite first obviously. time playing as number one in the world yeah very very impressive obviously last time out um and why not um be very interesting to see how he kicks on from there to be honest with you yeah it's, it's it's a fantastic event, isn't it? You've got a few queries there, like we've discussed earlier. Uh, players that missed the cut or whatever didn't play last week. Um, how are they going to approach it? Are they going to approach it as preparation for next week? I mean, it's WGC, but and it's a four-round event. But you, you can certainly see some of them. You know, if they if they can't win halfway round, whether they'll just be preparing their shots for next week. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, when this happens. It's- in golf, we're very quick to anoint people as legends, I think, or future, you know, world number ones for you know however many years and whatever. And, and that happened with John Rahm. It was like, okay, well he's going to get there and he's going to stay there. He could lose it this week. You yeah. Know, if, if Rory or Justin Thomas win this week, he's back to the back down to number two or three or whatever. Great so, story. Did you read the story about Phil? No. You didn't read the story about Phil Mickelson. No, Phil no. Mickelson and Colt Nost were in a changing room many many years ago. And Mickelson, something that happened, Mickelson had played with Rahm or played some something around Rahm and went back and said he's going to be a top 10, or did he say he's going to be a top 10 player in the world or number one in the world or something like that? And they had a significant bet on. Nobody told us what the amount was, but they had a significant bet on. And, Judging uh, by the two, it'd be plenty of money, wouldn't it? And Mickelson uh, eventually got paid out and always believed in him, I think, probably for a very number of years. Um, and every time Colt Noss was watching the PGA event in the chain in the locker room or whatever and as he saw him sort of slowly slowly improve and improve all the time he just knew he was going to get done so yeah, it's, yeah you know he's a good judge phil no i take nothing away from ram look he's got there i just think that it was very quick to go right he's going to stay there forever mm. they said that you know john ram could be the number one until 2033 oh, uh, and he still wouldn't overtake woods's uh, <laughs> amount of weeks at number one so oh, that just puts i know i know it's so hard to compare to Tiger Woods and that's such a ridiculous barometer but that just shows how good he was and that's why you can't you can't call anybody else that type of player no one none of these players are going to be number one for too long I mean last week 
or three weeks ago, everyone was saying Bryson was going to be number one for the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, he's going to win every major because he's hitting it way too far. You know, is he going to come out and play well this week? Possibly. But there's too many players, you know, none of these players are that far away from a good week, are they? We've seen that Dustin won at the Travellers and then shot two 80s uh, and then pulled out last week with a suspected dodgy pack, I would say. We'll get on to that a bit in a minute. But, you know, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, all 12 to 1. If I had to pick one of them, I'd pick Justin Thomas. Um, just because he ranks out... If you just look at the statistics that I am focusing on, uh, he's third in strokes gains approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fifth in approaches from 150 to 175 yards, which is a, an, a, you know, a figure they go from quite a lot. Uh, ninth in scrambling and 11th in par 4 efficiency from 450 to 500 yards, which there is like eight you know, holes at that length. So those are going to be important things to me. And, and he just sticks out like a sore thumb alongside a couple of other people that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. But if I had to pick one out of those ones, I think he's been disappointing recently um, when he's had a chance. And, you know, he threw one away against, you know, JB Holmes, you know, a year or so ago. And he has, there is some... Because he's won so many times, he gets away with it, and you know you can't you can't say he can't close or whatever. Um, but it, it is starting to look a bit dodgy over the last you know year or so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, JT, as always, we've discussed it since we've started this. How he's on the top of all the uh, significant stats: tee to green, approaching the green, powerful performance, whatever you want to put in. Um, he's consistently there. I mean, he never does anything bad enough to to drop down those rankings too far. And I, I, it is again, it's. This is a tournament where, you know, you have got the best up there. I, I you know, personally don't fancy Rory, um, but yeah, Thomas, Thomas Rahm, Deschambeau. I mean, yeah, pick pick who you want. You know, Bryson's Bryson, isn't he? Um, yeah. Who knows, eh? I mean, he's getting more controversial by by the week, it seems, or every week that he plays, he's getting more controversial. I don't know whether. But that's going to take a toll on him at some point. I, again, I wouldn't have said this was his type of course. His previous record suggests that it isn't his type of course. Um, so I think I'd much rather be looking at um, the other two ahead of him. They've got obviously better course records. And I think they've got more reliable games or less controversial games, if you like. They, they're not going to try. and They're a bit cuter, aren't they? They're not going to try and just smash it. No, there's a bit more thought going into it. Than yeah, I'm not saying that's all he does, but... but and, and that's I, his strong point. I, I think it? you have to stop. Yeah, but if it, you know, if you put them all at, um, you know, 180 yards, they're all going to hit equally good shots, and the other two are possibly more reliable on the on the short stuff. So yeah, you could pick Thomas. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's short enough, isn't it? But it's understandable why. I, yeah, you know, the question marks over Thomas though have got to be uh, less so than Rory at the moment, I think, because. I just find Rory so frustrating, and mm. and you know everyone says that when everyone's at their best, he's the best. And I think I just find it such a strange comment because he doesn't close as as well as a, a Thomas or a Ram or a DJ or uh, Brooks in the bigger events. You know, he yeah he wins plenty. He has won plenty, but he hasn't won a major for what is it? You know, six years now. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to say he, he's a bottler because he's not a bottler because he wins so often. Do we just expect too much from him? Yeah, I think that's it. I think I think everyone just thinks that he is Tiger too. 
there is no has, pipe. Yeah, there is no. Has pipe. been thinking that for so long. They, they're so they're so desperate to find the next one that he was that was all put on him. But when you look at it, he was a, he's a better closer when he was you know a kid than he is now. And I don't know what that, I don't know. If that's just because he's had a bit of scar tissue, not you know not winning at Augusta, not not winning the couple of you know he had a you know an all world season last year where you know he finished what he had three wins. Yeah, four, um, four wins and you know led all the all the statistics and player of the year and all that sort of stuff so you can't yeah. write him off is but i just i just have no interest in in watching him struggle around the greens on a sunday uh, no I, what's a short price well you know he won the players last year and they've got a similar island green hole here haven't they and there's there's similar enough greens here um he wins. He wins. Year, didn't he? He, yeah, know, he wins. He's... He wins WGC events. I mean, it's very, very. You know, it's very. very you you go on to um, you know OWGR, and his record is just full of ones. It's 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 so hard to knock him, isn't it? But I know what you mean, and I don't know if it's just because you're expecting something that it simply cannot be done. Um, I think the thing about him is he puts himself in contention so often. That he lets himself down more often than everybody else. It's that simple, isn't it? If you if you get there so often that you can't convert all of them, that it looks like you're throwing him away all the time because he's just there all the time. That's what you've got to focus on: is how often does he get himself in that position? Yeah. Um, but yeah. just just to summarise, really, what happened here last year? He went 69-67, went mental shooting 62 and moving down Saturday when everyone went low, and then shot a 71 in the final round, where only Alex Noren shooting a 73 shot worse than him out, you know, outside the top yeah. 12, 13 players and Elgin, him and Thomas both him and Thomas shot 71 so whereas Leishman shot 60, 67 to finish ahead of him Webb Simpson, Kepka shot 64, 65 Fleetwood 66, Fitzpatrick you know, broke 70 it's, I'd just rather I'd rather not do it, I'd rather not do it with Thomas and I'd rather not do it with Rory this week, I'd rather just go a couple of shots down, you know, in the odds and, and take a chance on someone that is producing a good at the moment but it's obviously, but I mean, I know what you say, but it's from where they are in the field, isn't it? I mean, if you're in eighth, you have to shoot 63, 64 to get placed. If you're in the top two, I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't play professional golf and I'm nowhere near playing professional golf. But your mindset has to change. Now, whether it should or not, I don't know. I mean, Tigers never did, but we are talking about we can park him because it doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant because it's just on a different planet. It? Yeah. And that, that may be the problem. And obviously, when, once it starts falling apart, it's very, very hard to get it back again. Look. I just think he's better when he's when he's chasing. He's yeah, just, he's better he, when he's he's just, he just loves it. When he can go and shoot a 63 Absolutely. to win yeah. and leapfrog people and, and he suddenly gets the ball rolling. When he's got to defend it, he almost goes... He doesn't Either he doesn't go conservative enough uh, and, and makes a stupid mistake or whatever. I, you know, I don't know what it is. It's hard to put a finger on well, he's it. Won, he's won 34% of 50 events when he started in uh, the top two pairs on a Sunday. That's, I'm just leaving you with that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. So his average position is third. Yeah. When he started in the top four. Yeah. Again, it's hard because you do sound like you're having to get him. I know you don't mean to, but yeah, there, there's the facts. There's, but again, it, I'd have to look through everything in the world, but is anybody better? I mean, 46 events that he started in the final pair, his average position is 2.9. Um, he's, just, he's just always there, isn't he? That's but but the that, thing. there's he's a point. Always... That is the point, isn't it? It's, it's, 
is there anybody take take the obvious away who else is better i mean i, I don't know because because you know i'd have to check it out but it's, it's a concern Thomas's numbers over an average would be better than that it's a concern isn't it that, they, that it it's, not, it's not enough is it no no i just i can't i'm never gonna sit here. i'll never come on this podcast and say he can't win no, i'll never do that unless no. he has one leg or one arm it's with but, value, isn't it? i just don't need to, i just don't need the headache I don't want to. I don't want to suddenly get frustrated at him. And rather, like if he gets in a in a real, you know, groove and it's really interesting to watch and great to see, and I'm sitting there spitting feathers because he he chops one out the bunker or whatever he does, then I don't. I'm not really interested but in that. Interestingly, I know he's had a longer sort of longer career right at the top, but he's had that whatever I said how many tournaments it was, and Thomas has only had twenty in that position. So yeah. whilst Thomas's figures are better, you're looking at Rory over a, yeah, doubling it a yeah. massive period here. John Rahm, for example, has only had 11, where he's gone into the final round in the top two. And he's actually finished average position 3.5. I know he's playing better than ever. But his point being, not that I'm having to go at any of them, but no. it's bloody difficult. Yeah, it's just uh, hard to win. It's hard to win. It always sounds like a cliche, but it is, isn't it? But let's, let's not focus so much on who we don't want to bet, because we seem to do that quite a lot. Um, Patrick Cantlay make any appeal to you? He seems yeah, to but... most weeks. Yeah, as always, yeah, he's got a great chance. He's too short. I can't bet him at 20s in this. But, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, again, he's up there in the relevant stats, isn't he? I think he's playing better than than his form. You don't. That's fair enough. Um, not convinced his irons are, are bang on at the moment. Um, he was 12th last year. Don't think he'll be worse than that. Would I bet him at 21? No, I won't. Well, it's just, I think... When you look in, it's very easy to look back in retrospect, wasn't it? And uh, and Ben points out that Rahm had a really good, you know, one um, round before playing, you know, winning last week. It was a good indicator. Um, can't they still, for me, I know he's won, and I know he's won a big event at the Memorial, and he's won the Shriners. Um, I still think there's some question marks. I don't think he's the finished, finished article yet. No. And I, and I no. think at... 20 to 1 and shorter you you want someone that that is don't you yeah i i absolutely agree with you i uh, like you know his iron plays normally better than he's been showing and ultimately it, it's not at the moment this is a this is a you know this is a track you're gonna have to be absolutely spot on you've got a couple of small small greens here you're gonna have to avoid bogeys um yeah it, it's a who would you trust more, him or Xander Schauffele on a Sunday? Oh, jeez. Um, I like them both, just, don't I? Just say they're tied first. Tied first, miles clear of everybody else. Who do I want to be on? Yeah, yeah it's just head to head. Kenley. Really? Oh. Even in, on this, so on this week, not any week, this week particularly. I mean, not by much, but I, I, I would back Kenley over over Xander. Yeah, I think Xander will still win the Masters, but um, I, I, yeah, at the moment, yeah, I. I if they're head to head, I just, I just, I just rather go with someone that's done it. Zander's done it four times, isn't okay. it? Twice as many times as as Cantlay. And yeah. when you look at where Zander wins, three of his four wins are coming yeah. no cup limited field proper, events. Yeah, they? proper events. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a big and fan. And he's had three seconds in all of them, isn't he? Yeah, but at the moment, at the moment, that's what I'd say. I'm not saying by much. No, no, no. I was just interested to hear your thoughts on that. It's, yeah, I'm know, a big fan. No of, right answer, is it? I'm a big fan of Cantley, but. Um, you know, you ask the question, do I think he's got a chance? Yeah, massive chance. Yeah. Would I bet him at the price? No. Xander's trending again, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, 20th, they like 14th, 13th. They like so him, don't they? The market. This like. is his, yeah, this is his best. Uh, well, it's just because he does these events, doesn't he? He's got three 
three wins and three seconds in limited field, you know, no cut event. So yeah, figures are figures sort of approaching a really good last uh, last time as well. Sixteenth um, yeah. on the season in approach. Um, he's just class. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really he's always there. Yeah, I like I like him a lot. You know that. You you know. Um, yeah, you're a big fan of him. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I'm happy to go a bit further down. We talk about Webb Simpson every week. It feels like um, 22 to 1. He had a chance to go to world number one. He didn't. Uh, he can go back to number two again this week. Um, and he's played some good golf at this course. He finished second to Brooks last year. Finished third way back when, when it was a, a regular field event. Um, look, he's 11th in strokes going approach. He's first in par 4 efficiency, 450 to 500 yards. Um, he's 12th in scrambling. He putts well now. Um, there's no, there isn't there's no chink in his armour anymore. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how good he is now. Yeah, we've and, said it. Yeah. And he eats up par seven season Bermuda Green. So twenty two to one, okay. Mm. Um, everyone's going to find a player they like more. Nim, you know, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka are thirty three to one, uh, and people want to bet them more. Fine, um, I'm not going to argue with you. It's just I still think that he's maybe being a little bit. Um, Overlooked. Okay, I'll ask, I'll ask you a question then. Webb Simpson or Daniel Berger? Berger's six points bigger. Here, Berger. But only because he's had those two wins and he's playing he's playing the, the best golf of his career. He's playing just as well as Webb, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's playing out of his skin and he knows and he knows every nook and cranny on the course because he's won it twice. Um so on this week I'd say Berger, but any other week it'd be Webb. Yep. Next week I'd rather have Webb. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's, that's a fair point. My my first pick is Tyrrell Hatton. Um, he's been playing phenomenally. He's been he's just been absolutely. We talk about form. I mean, the way he's come back from that wrist injury, well, not even a wrist, you know, wrist surgery, didn't he? Um, to repair what obviously was damaged. So he won the Turkish Airlines Open, struggled in Dubai, took his time off, then finished sixth in Mexico, won Bay Hill, finished third at Heritage, fourth at Rocket Mortgage. Um, <laughs> What he's doing nothing wrong, is he? Uh, he's fourth in par four efficiency, 450 to 500 yards. Second in strokes gain approach. Third in scrambling. Um, he's not so good at 150 to 175 yards, but it's got to be something to to hold him back. Um, and it's you know that range probably doesn't come up that very often when he needs it. Um, and he played okay here. He finished tied 43 last season. Um, but he opened with a 66. He shot a 69, 71. He just had a final round 74. So, in the form he's in, he's shown enough with the opening round 66 to suggest the course is okay to uh, to pique my interest, even at 28 to 1. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about last year. Different, completely different player now, isn't he? On a different level now. Well, he's, he's going to win. I, this is going to be contradictory to what I said at the start of the show about people very quick to anoint people. But I think. It's desperately sad that he's not going to have a chance at an open championship while he's in this form. Because I would have really liked him there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't again, you can't argue with, you know, I think, um, I backed him at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you, you've summed it up, really, haven't you? Um, everything well, if, about him. My only issue with him, my only issue with him is this is um, a course where you have to get your tee shot right. And... I just wonder. Um, I just wonder whether he'll do that enough to, to give him a chance to attack. Um, yeah, you know, he likes he likes it when he gets hard. Obviously, um, we know that the Arnold Palmer was was terrifically difficult. 
don't mind the length, won't mind any of it. Um, he's up there on the tee to green figures. I think he's second in approaching the green as well, isn't he, overall, I yeah. think, on the year. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of him. I personally don't think this is his week. But, you know. I just, I just think he's a value play considering his form. Like when you look at him and Daniel Berger, they're both playing at a similar level. Yes, so Berger's got the two course wins, so at the same price it's hard to maybe justify Hatton. Um, oh, but yeah. the one proof, you know, the one thing that everyone wanted him to do was go and win in America, and he's done it in the toughest of conditions, in a in a field where even the best player in the world went backwards. Um, yeah, just just really impressed with him. I just thought, yeah. you know, great chance. And when you look at it and compare it to Berger, who is in form and has won twice here, it's you know, it's a toss up, I think. But I like Till Hatton. I just I just think that while he's in this form. He just—he's a confidence player, isn't he? Breeds confidence. He's all on his chest, and when he when he has a bad couple of weeks, he'll go he'll go sour for a little while. But while it's all good and nothing's uh, changing, give it a go because the Rocket Mortgage wouldn't have suited him. I no. don't think it's not really his type of event, and he finished fourth there. Whereas Bay Hill and, and the Heritage were were his type of event. So him finishing first and third weren't much of a surprise. Him carrying that on for a third start in a row in a test that okay, he's nowhere near Bryson in the end, but. It was just impressive to see him back all that up. Yeah, uh, again, no arguments. Just, just I, I don't think this is the this is where he's going to produce his best for me. No, that's fair enough. Everyone's got you. You've got to find the balance, haven't you? Morikawa, I've I've tried to, to find negatives in him with his short game. Uh, I think you do have to scramble pretty well here um, because the greens are not the easiest to hit, and and I still don't trust him really around there enough to. 28 to 1 is you know, a bigger price than, than maybe what I was expecting, to be fair, after the win. But And Victor Hovland as well, at the same price that we talk about every week. Um, but their their price is based on potential rather than what they've already done, aren't they? They can't have done much more in a short time, but they're, they're in around players that have proven it time and time again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you give, you know, you give them, if you do give them their second shot, they're going to give themselves loads of chances. And it's, it's ultimately going to be about what they do on the short stuff isn't it um whatever there's a group of them are 28 22 25 to one take your pick if you like um i I would say it's very difficult i wouldn't have hovland myself in this grade yet quite yet um he's obviously got the curse on him um well people laugh at every week it still hasn't happened despite the chances um female should have won last well yeah female should have won three by now shouldn't he um Uh, but you know, should have, would have, could have. It doesn't matter, you know. If my auntie and all that. Um, <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Take, take your pick. Dustin Johnson is absolutely massive if he's right. I, I mean, I, this I, is I, the I, thing. I've backed Dusty injured once in four years, and for me, this is the best price I've seen in four years about Dustin Johnson. Well, when when he fell down the stairs at Augusta, uh, he came out at a big price, didn't he? After that, and played well and. Um, but his last three rounds are an 80 and an 80 mm. at um, the Memorial, 78 before withdrawing last week. Now, if his back was bad, then you've got to proceed with caution, but I think that's built into the price. Um, if he goes even top 10 this week, he's going to be you know, 20 to 1 for the major next week. He's you know, he's won, what was it, twice series one? Um, yeah, it's massive. It's absolutely phenomenal. last year. He's he's a massive he, like he is you know there's there's always been question marks over Dustin Johnson 
and and him getting over the line in major championships. But in WGCs and in regular field events, there's never been a problem. He's the most prolific winner over the last decade or whatever, isn't he? Yeah, um, still standing. Yeah. He's never he's he's broken seventy through all four rounds last year. Didn't have he was you know that low round was really absent. Um, but it's is you know there's no question that thirty three to one's an attractive price, is there? No one can say that that it's, it's short, can they? I, I I yeah I mean I just don't know why he's there. He's that he's that price. He's not he's not that price normally, is he? He's not that far. He's down. the type of person you want to text and go, "How's your back?" And if it's and if he says, "Yeah, I'm good to go," you, you're, prob- you're going to the bank. His reply probably spelt wrong on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's huge, isn't it? In a limited field, it's just ridiculous. You can get, I mean, you can get 33 top seven. I mean, it's got to be wrong. I mean, you can't lump on, as you say, because you don't know what happened last week. You don't know what he's going to be like. Is he going to throw the toys out the pram if he does have a bad start? But it's, you know, you've got to save at 33, haven't you? It's just The thing is, he's not going to miss the cut. So he's got, got, that's the... The one thing I just think, you know, okay, he has a, maybe he shoots a 75 on the first day, um, but he can easily shoot 66, 65, 63 and get himself back in, you know, right up in contention and pay out, can't it's, he? It's, it's, it's a value, that is a value price. The others are the right price that we've been discussing. That's a value price. We've had doubts um, on him. I don't know, you know, I don't know what's been revealed. I couldn't find anything to say anything more about him other than sort of questioning why he withdrew, but it's, it's massive. What about Kepka? No, I can't have him. I thought he's been playing badly. Now, his irons were really good last week, though, when, before he missed the cut, and he couldn't buy a putt. Mm. His ball striking, mm. it was, I think I read that it was one of his best ball striking rounds of his career, which is not generally his biggest strength. He's normally a good driver and a good putter. Um, he had that seventh at the Heritage. He's saying that his knee's not as bad as as what's expected. He says he, I don't, don't think he's ever, ever going to be right, but he doesn't need to be, which is a weird comment. But... Um, you know, he won here last year after yeah. winning the PGA Championship, and his form figures are, you know, he's got a second and a third year as well in this course, and 19th on debut. So, again, is it a similar thing to Dustin Johnson? If you know he's okay, then 33 swans a ridiculous price. You don't know he's okay because the evidence suggests that he's not. I, 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 I just. I just don't think he's playing well, um, and that's it. I, I, you know, I don't want to be on. That is fair enough. I just, he's just not playing well. He's just not playing well, and I don't see how he turns up in this field with a few of them absolutely on their top form and wins this event. Just cannot see it. I'd rather just have, um, you know, again, it's just comparing, isn't it, with people? You know, you've got Matsuyama at the same price. I'd still rather have a bet on both of those before I bet Matsuyama. Um, and, you, and you know, he's not hurt. I'll bet on Johnson, but I wouldn't have either of. Kupka and Matsuyama. No. Well, Matsuyama, no. obviously, you know, um, he's going to do his usual, isn't he? He's going to find going to find plenty of greens. Um, but again, at the same price. Yeah, yeah, the, the, look, I think I think Kupka isn't right. Market suggests he is because he's been backed. Um, Matsuyama, we don't like anyway. We haven't for a while on here. Um, and DJ, if that's a load of nonsense from last week, it's just wrong. Same price as Tony Fee now. Do me a favour. Well, I'm still on the lines of giving Tony... Well, I wasn't along the lines because I thought Fee now was going to sort it out last week. I thought he was just going to go up yours to everybody, yep. win, 
yeah. because I think that the change I spoke about this change of caddy uh, he had his coach on the bank mm-hmm. didn't he Boyd Summer Haynes and I thought that was just going to be the thing he needed to get him over the line he's just got his coach in his ear uh, correcting anything that goes wrong on the course I thought that he might um, you know realise that this is his chance to just shut everybody up he just I, I just I genuinely think he's just content at the moment with being a top 10 player in the world without winning he just not 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 in a cash oh. basis not that he's happy to win money I just think he's very grateful to be the player that he is I think that he had a late start in his life in his career uh, you know he's on big break and he was 30 before he did anything and he's suddenly going, well, this isn't too bad. Um, I could be completely wrong. He could cry himself to sleep at night. I just don't think he does. He just seems to be the, the, the happiest person in the world. And yet every week people are, are questioning him. Yeah, I'd question him, and I think quite rightly, because it's, it's, we're here to try and find people that can win golf tournaments. And he can't win golf tournaments. Um, as much as he wants, you know, again, last week, two par five, I think the first two par fives on the final day should have been bread and butter to him. Didn't do it. Um, made a couple of mistakes down the street. Saturday though, didn't he? And when it's too late, yeah, but it's Saturday, Saturday. Oh, no, Who I, know cares? Sun- I know Sunday he had the he went in the lead, didn't he? And, and he should have closed out, but he he really should have shot better on the Saturday to even be clear of Michael Thompson on the last day. Well, there we are. You answered your own question. Yeah, Matthew Fitzpatrick's going to yeah. get the Bones bump, isn't he? Because Bones has come out and said he he's got it all, and he's a very good yeah, player. Yeah, know he's got it all. He's a very good player, isn't he? He finished third last time out. He finished fourth here last yeah, year. Yeah, he knows what it all. Yeah. Um, he is still under the question mark of can he win on, in America? Of course, he can win. Same as your person you're going to mention in a minute. Um, but well, both not, of those okay. have got the question marks on them, except for Tyrrell Hatton. You know, Tyrrell's done his win now, and and Fitzpatrick and your man haven't yet. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I know there's there's good words about uh, Fitzpatrick as soon as the market opened, actually. Um, yeah, why not? He likes it here. It's his sort of course. It's he loves a bit of tough, like loves a tough course. Um, doesn't want to play on something that's you know 25, 28 under. Um, he can. He, he won't be one that I think would win, um, but he could win. Um, so make of that what you will. Thirty-five. Is it giving it away? Some people did think it was. I'm not particularly bothered to be honest myself. It's one of those ones, isn't it, where he he looks short. But you can't really, mm. you can't make him bigger. I don't think. Like, if he was fifty to one, I'd grab it straight away. But he's not. No, he's not. That's right. But just because he finished third last time out, and Bone said he was very good. Um, well, of course he's very good. He could go to any one of the top whatever players, and and yeah. he'd say he was very good, wouldn't he? Um, so, yeah, make of that make of that what you will. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So his caddy says he's very good. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. Teddy that he's paying says he's very good. <laughs> I mean, you know, great. Tommy Fleetwood, yeah. come on. Yeah, this Give is... us the reason oh, for this is Tommy just, Fleetwood. This is just massive. I, I do not get, you know, number 13 in the world, is he? Yeah. Yeah. And that's after a missed cut, by the way. Yeah, he was 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Fleetwood's top, top gear. I mean, I, I have full respect for your guest last week because for years he's been saying that Fleetwood is the real deal and this is before he'd done much to be honest with you um and he is you know ultimately at the end of the day he is a big big time player um yeah last week i and saw i don't know if you saw that it was a four ball i think just before last week's um event yeah, and he was with, you know and, and casey and um yeah, yeah. and he was i know it doesn't matter but he was absolutely striping it i mean casey was just 
in awe of everything that he was doing, whether it was par fives, par threes. It was absolutely amazing. Look, he's a, he's a huge big-time player. Um, we know he plays in tough courses. He plays the Opens well, second in the Our Open, second in the US Open. Form every, you know, it's just form everywhere. WGCs. <laughs> I mean, there's not really else. You can't really add to what he's done in, in what I think is a relatively short career. Um, uh, you, you've got to forgive last week. And that's the only thing you've got to forgive about a player that should be 20 to one in this tournament. The, the only thing, that, that, right, I, I, now, that, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I don't know what else you can say really. He's, he's, he come over very reluctantly last week because he thought he had to quarantine for two weeks, didn't he? So hmm. he didn't want to play in a free open anyway. Um, yeah, so, the, yeah, the, he looked like he was having a fair enough time when he was doing that practice. Yeah. He's very, he's very. I think it's very easy to disregard that. I also think that if he knew he could just fly straight to the PGA Championship, he might not even play this week because he's very much a family man, doesn't want to take risks, etc., etc. He's now entered, he's now there, so why not play? Um, I think once the competitive juices get flowing, um, he'll be right up for winning it. Um, Forty to one. That's big. It's big. It is big. It is big. I don't think. I don't think I'm as strong opinion as you about it um, because I think there's other players at bigger prices that I think they do look ridiculously big um, but yes I can see I can see the line of thinking I think, I think again it's it's a price thing had he been 20s I'd have gone in his 20s and I'd have gone 20s and he's missed the cut last week you know but we have to make cases and as you say it's all relative it's percentage chances and I think he has a better chance if they played this 40 times I guarantee he'll win one yeah, no, I can't argue with that. Now I'm going to tell you, there's one player in this price range I didn't, I've not thought about, and and I haven't mentioned, and I don't think it's going to win. Is Jason Day is now 40 to one as well? Based on, but what I will say about that is Muirfield Village is his home course, so to go seventh and fourth there isn't, uh, you know, Spieth played very well at Colonial and then falling off a cliff again, isn't he? Um, is Day just going to, you know, regress to his his previous form based on the fact that he's not playing his own course and he finished 40th here last year. I just wonder if that's a bit of a trap price. That's, yes, a very good point. Yeah, um, I, I've never, ever been a fan of, of Day. I, I just don't like his game, um, which there's, there's nothing. I can't give you justification for it. Um, obviously, he started missing a load of putts, but that was that was far after I, I rejected him already. I don't like him. I, 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 there's something about him. I don't think he's a winner at the moment. Um, but I respect that he is playing better than he has for a while. But I'd it might just be a confidence thing. Like just to go and get two top sevens can can do what he needs to do. I just think that having two top sevens on a course, you know, backwards is, you know, it's not. It doesn't give us. We said didn't we when Spieth played well at Colonial, we said okay, he's going to play well this week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he could just fall off a cliff, and he has done. Yeah. Um, now, another name, Billy Horshaw's 45-1. to 1, Finished ninth here last year, 67-66 he opened first two days. Uh, big-time player, we know he's a big-time player, winning the FedEx, uh, FedEx Cup. Um, and he's in good form, isn't he? You know, he's had a, a 13th and a 7th, again, both at the same tests, though. Um, and he, but he bounced back from a 76 at Memorial to, to finish that 13th place. I just think you know this is sort of a game, isn't it? That that suits him. He like he likes it a bit tough. Um, he plays very well in the wind if it gets up. 
you know, he's played well at the Honda Classic. He's played well in US Opens. Uh, he's won on brutally tough layouts. You know, he's not someone I get excited about at forty-five to one, but he's a player you wouldn't be um, you wouldn't be surprised if he was there on Sunday. <laughs> you would apparently. No, I, I just I can't. I just don't know how he's top forty in the world. I just don't know how he's top forty in the world. Um, but you know, fair enough. Um, I think Pretty we did back him. Like we were running when he gets on a run, isn't he? Yeah, he's consistent. Um, he, he doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. But I, I perfectly respect that when when it's the big events, he turns up. Um, nice whether he should be, yeah, I mean, yeah, he likes a bit of cash, does he? Yeah. Um, does he does he justify? I mean, does he justify being the same price as uh, major winner Gary Woodland? Now he's got a slightly better course form. Um, you know, Woodland for me, I'd have every single week over Horschel. Um, uh, no, I, I, I don't particularly like Billy Horschel um, for this week or any other week, to be honest with you. Um, unless you want to, he's just well, no, he's the sort of player. And I, again, again, I, you know, is there any justification for this? No, but you want to put him up at eighty, ninety, a hundred, a one in a good tournament, then yeah. But I don't want to be in at forty-five in this. No, it's definitely not. No, and he was those sort of prices before coming into this, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I not for me. No. You got so you, you say they touch upon Woodland is an interesting like, price at forty-five to one. I think so. I mean, um, was on last time. Um, at more started off really well, sixty-eight, seventy. <laughs> Can't. I don't know what happened. Don't know what happened to him at the weekend. He was. He was shocking, to be honest with you. Um, that's the sort of Gary Woodland that. I knew about when you started. <laughs> if you remember, do you remember where you used yeah. to get into into contention then? And then he, look, he always looks lost, and he, you know, he always looks lost to me. To be honest, when something goes wrong, um, I just thought for a player with with his current game, not necessarily the results, but with his current game, I think he's playing. He's playing nicely. He's playing. Uh, he's playing better than than the end result really. Um, Obviously, he's got the U.S. Open win. He's got he's got the um, he's got the ability to play in this sort of class. Um, I, I was happy. I was happy at forty-five to one in a seventy-seven man field, um, tied fifth in the workday. Whether whether we we care about that or not, um, plenty of form. We know he's got top tens every single every single place. The U.S. Open win. It's up to you whether you think um, that was that was the level of his class. Personally, I'm not actually that sure, um, but it's there, um, and he has, you know, big time. His tournament champions, he's second. Obviously, the match play, which I necessarily wouldn't have put him down as, as being a match play specialist. He's got that there. All the important competitions, he's he's got format, hasn't he? Um, uh, forty-five, to, uh, you know, forty-five to one just looked. I, I thought he'd be the same price as somebody like DJ, to be honest with you, um, this week. Well, he's got similar. Skill set in yeah. terms of off the tee, isn't he? And, I mean, he's not as know. good. He isn't as good. No, no. When no, they're no, both he's not the a best, winner, DJ is a better player. But I, I think in the context of this event, um, I thought that was a very, very fair price. Well, I thought I was just thinking, like, you know, what price is he next week? He's the same price. It's fifty to one. Yeah, next week. yeah. Um, in an event you wouldn't you know, expect him to win. So if if you like him at all, have a guy on him this week. You know, it's, it's a short field. He's he can win. 
I think that the US Open wins kind of flattered him. I don't, I don't it did flatter him, absolutely. That was what I was saying about saying. Yeah, yeah. That's your point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't think but, he's that great, but but you can't knock the fact he's done it. No. Um, and not. it's not as if he hasn't backed it up. It's not a shock win where he hasn't backed it up with any other performances. He's still got top fives in most of the top events in the world anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'd worry about because obviously he, his, his skill set seemed to have changed, didn't he? Um, his putting improved for a short while. Um, his scrambling improved, which is really weird. If that's gone backwards again, there, ha- there might be a reason. But again, we discussed it. It's a 77-man field. It's 45 to 1. Has he got a better than Well, it's just, it's just the thing, isn't it? Is 2% that, that chance when he win. won the US Open, he, his weaknesses become his strengths and he just went lights out on and around the greens. And, and that's why I thought, is it a flash in the pan? Absolutely. He obviously wasn't a flash in the pan, but maybe, you know, in a couple of years' time, he'll, he'll regress to 100 to 1 and things like that again yeah um, perhaps but i mean is he has he got better than a two point something percent chance of winning this week yeah i think he has yeah quite possibly another player around here ricky fowler's showing signs of improvement not sure he's still where he needs to be in his game abraham ants has been playing very yeah, nicely been him for a while now. um well yeah you know he was he looked in a really good place didn't he when he, he was second he's unlucky at heritage yeah. and he's had two top 14s either side of that 58 for the memorial last time out um but you know it was a tough event uh shot a final around 79 on a very difficult day um you know we've already spoken about it you know rory shot a 78 that day danny willett shot an 82 um you know it's a tough day he's he's big actually yeah Uh, he is big at 50 55 answer he's just He's got the right. He's got the right game for it, isn't he? Mm. He's got. He's got. You know, he likes the. You know, it's a strong test. He finished 18th here in 2016 when he was a much lesser player, um, and he didn't get to play the WC last year. So no, that's right. And his missed cut doesn't matter because it, it was hardly a miss 6972, and he won't. He won't be missing the cut this week anyway. Uh, no, he's got. He's got. He's got. No, he's got low rounds, isn't <laughs> he? Um, yeah, absolutely. And and he's one of the best par three players. In the world, as I keep saying every single week, in the hope that one day it'll help. (laughs) There's only two par fives here this this week, and you know, I think personally, you've obviously got to focus on the par fours. That's why I've brought out this 450 to 500 yard range because there is eight par fours in that range. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be, you know, you've got to be good there. Whereas, but then if if there's four or five players that are good there, the difference is going to be taking advantage of the tougher par threes and and getting an eagle at the par five instead of a birdie. So, yeah, there's a couple of things to to find a difference there, isn't there? Um, Let's let's start racking off some some other picks now. I think that um, I'm not particularly interested in Spieth anymore. Sergio, I can't... He just drives me insane, but he kind of fits the profile. Leishman is... I don't know what's going on with him at the moment. Yeah. He looks a big price. At he 70s. could do anything, couldn't he? That's the thing. Yeah, he's third year last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he could do it. Um, but just, you know, if he won at the 70s, I'd be disappointed because it's a big price. But I can't back it, I don't think. Um, and then you've got this sort of collection of Poulter, Wolf, Kucher, and, and originally Sung Jae-in was in this price range at 80-1 as well. Um, I thought Wolf was quite interesting at 80-1. I don't think it's necessarily a course that's ideal for him um, because I think that he kind of likes the place where he can just go off and bomb it. That's not going to hurt him this year. And he went 72, 70, 65, 69 last year uh, en route to tied 24th. And that was after, obviously, winning yep. winning his first event. So, or you know, two weeks after. But I was really impressed with his 
uh, defence at the Freedom Open. Um, I know he sort of gave himself too much to do in the end. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, 65-68 to open, put himself there, didn't he? Um, He's finished second at the Rocket Mortgage behind Bryson, who was just not going to get beat that week. 22nd at Memorial, which was, as we keep saying, a really tough event. Um, Final round 76, saw him fall down the leaderboard a bit. I think he's just a bit more consistent than than I was expecting. Thank you and credit for yeah. recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he is. Yeah, absolutely. He's decent off the tee, isn't he? Yeah. Um, if he gives himself if he gives himself the chances, um, and and his recent stats say that he's going to have that. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's not one that springs to mind instantly when you talk about promising, is he? Even though he's no. he's sort of he got that exposure in, in collection, the, isn't he? he? Got the exposure in that charity event. Um, but he isn't one, yeah, exactly. But he isn't one that comes to mind. You always say the same three or four all the time. So yeah, I, I, eighty to one. Um, yeah, he, he did play well last week, and it'd be a, a, a very good setup for this. Yeah, yeah. I just think could see him like, winning, he doesn't, but, but he doesn't yeah. fit any of the the stats that I've got here. Like you look down to top forty in all these stats, and he doesn't appear once. So he doesn't fit the profile, but he. Is doing something well, right learning, to keep learning, finishing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's rounding it around, isn't he? He's a very happy-go-lucky, almost to the point of being annoying. Actually, uh, on the course, he's very chatty. You can hear him all the time. Um, Matt Kuchar yeah, should like this event. Might get a top thing, might he? He's well, he's not playing very well, is he? I know. Getting on a bit for now. him. Forty-first, thirty-ninth, thirty-second is is not his level, is it? I think that you know he won the Singapore Open, you know earlier in the year but it's I don't know he had that second didn't he at Riviera um, when you know he looked like he could have a chance to beat Scott you can never rule him out people don't like him anymore which is why he's 80 to 1 yeah, right. um, <laughs> Sung Jm's missed a couple of cuts which is why he's now 80 to 1 but he's had a, he's finally had a week off rather than living in a tent um, Joaquin Neiman keeps, he keeps rating out really highly in these sort of stats and these sort of tests um, you know, really well from this week. He's 12th in strokes gain approach. He's 18th in 450 to 500 yards. Um, you'd fancy him to go well, but he he's kind of almost taken a step back after a decent start out of the uh, out of the lockdown. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to to win this week, old mate. I think, to be honest with you, um, we did fancy him a couple of weeks, didn't we? Um, yeah. And he, he does seem to have stalled. And I'm not sure you can come here. Having stalled, well, it's just the worst time, isn't it? Yeah. It's the worst time yeah, to have I don't, lost your form. I don't think you can come here and do that, to be honest. Um, there's one player, and I will get to him in a minute, who I think really stands out. But there's another one that I want to sort of mention, and it seems very hard to get him right at the moment, which is why you keep getting sort of a price on him. Is Kevin Nahr. He's a hundred to one, and I keep mentioning how he's a much better player than he was two, three years ago, he, you know, this whole thing he can't close. He's won twice in 18 months. Um, but since he's come out of the lockdown, he's gone miscut fifth, withdraw ninth. Mm. You literally don't, like, when you say you don't know what you're going to get with him, you, you literally have no idea, do you? You don't even know he's going to finish the week at the moment. Um, is he just going to use this to, to sort himself out for the major next week? But he had a 66 here last year in 270, so he can play the course. He's not, he's not you know, going to struggle uh, with the layout, I wouldn't have thought. So, it's you know whether you think he's going to finish the week, basically. Yeah. Um, I just think he's a bit. I just think he's a, he's a reasonably big price, considering 
the people that are around him. You've got Scotty Scheffler. Yes, there's a lot of potential, but not done it yet. Yeah. I, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you've got Stenson hasn't played for months. You've got Willett, Casey, Nah, Scheffler, Corey Connors, Kevin Streelman. Um, like, yeah, like you say, you don't know what you're getting with him. Is it worth the risk? Possibly. Oh, not for me. I'm but... going to go on to who's the reason why I'm not going to pick him in a, in a second. But I just thought it was worth bringing up yeah, his name. Yeah, okay. So yeah. it's not a surprise. Bubba Watson's 110 to 1. Right. Hmm. Now, he ranks second in the 450 to 500 yard efficiency, which obviously helps you know with his length that he can, yeah. you can sort of cut those down. Now he ranks 59th in strokes gain approach, but you can you can take out 30 people that are ahead of him, 40 because they're not in the field this week. Um, so against the people that are in the field this week, he's top 15, 20, uh, you know, in that category. Um, he's not playing his best golf, is he? You know, no, he's not. Let's not let's not try and dress it up. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying Might he's a try to turn up next week. Right? Yeah, but he just you know he finished 32nd at the Memorial. Um, in a you know a really tough event, uh, okay, final round seventy six again. We keep alluding to a tough final round, but he had the seventh at the Charles Schwab. Um, he shot a sixty seven in the opening round last week before fading away with a seventy four. I just think for someone that wins majors and WGCs, he's won two WGCs, two majors, and second in another major and two more WG, three more WGCs. He's had three seconds. Should he be three figures? I think. I think on the running on the running here, winners tend to have shown something. Um, not it doesn't necessarily have to be dramatic, but they tend to have shown something, and and you can't really say that he's he really has, can you? Well, I just think I think he's shown more than his than his price oh, is suggesting. Okay. He opened with a seventy-eight and closed with a seventy-six memorial, but it was sixty-eight and seventy to keep him in it. And keep it respectful, and he's had the seventh from the first time out. So, and we know that he comes off of bad runs and wins, doesn't he? Yeah, he could do anything. We don't know what he's going to do from one week to the he's next. He's so inventive. He's so creative. He, you know, bends the ball everywhere, here, there, and everywhere. Nothing, any sort of chip shot. He's not putting well enough. He's too fidgety over the ball, um, and he always comes straight out of posture when he's when he's not putting well. Um, he did a really good interview actually on on the four play podcast. I don't like to advertise other podcasts when we're trying to compete with, but he 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 basically spoke about his anxieties and his stresses of being around people and and you know he said yeah. that when he won the Masters, someone slapped him on the back and he he panicked mm. and got really angry because he's that type of person. He he understands his flaws. When everyone criticizes him, they sort of think of him as someone that doesn't even realize what he's doing. He does. He knows what's wrong with him, and he's trying to put it right. So, I, you know, I commend that. Um, but the idea was that he was going to play better because there was no fans. There's less reasons to get distracted. And he's actually said, well, yeah, I thought that. And, and actually, I missed feeding off of them. So read into that what you will. I think that if he has a chance to contend on Sunday, oh yeah, he'll, he'll be right there. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we, we've got to suggest that. I mean, you know, do you think he throws it in when he's not anywhere near? I do. Of course he does. Yeah. He's so, that type of player, isn't he? Yeah, so you're, you're playing on whether he has a, a good couple of rounds and he's in the top 10. He's not 10. a grinder is he? He's not that no, he's not going to keep going. Score. Um, so you need him to get off to a decent start. If he shoots a 66 or a 67 on the first day you're you're going to start getting interest aren't you? It's going to pique your interest. Yeah. Um, yeah but but yeah. Do you want to back him now? Yeah maybe you do. 
take a chance, but it's it's not one you put up as one of your top top plays, would it? No, no, he's not. You know, there's not. A, I'm not full of confidence in it. I just think that on a price perspective, yep, um, he's too big. I think Ches Reevy is is similar as well. I know you mentioned him you know, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The Travellers, wasn't it? That he was overpriced considering his world ranking. Um, when you look at here, he's had a fourth and a sixth in. Uh, 2017, 2018, and then when it was actually a, a WGC, he played well as well. Um, he went a long time between wins, didn't he? Um, yeah, he might. People yeah, sort he of might saw him as a, yeah. as a no-go, but he's been very solid. He hasn't been spectacular, but he's had four, you know, four events, five events, sorry, since uh, coming out of the lockdown. He's he's made a cut in four of them after missing the first one, so he's finding something, um, and he clearly likes the course enough to to go well here. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. There was there was a point where I thought he might do something at Memorial, um, but it, again, you know, he was what was he three hundred or something on the machine, so yeah. he he was used as a as a tool at the end of the day, because I think it was three hundred or four hundred something stupid. Um, he was used as a tool just to to what we always say: double your money at quarterly odds, have a freebie, and then and then play from there, um, and that's the type of player he is. Whether whether from my point of view. Whether I don't know what he is on there at the moment. Was he one seven five? Whether he could trade at forty quick enough? It, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not the way I think. So, yeah, you know, if you want to bet top ten, top twenty, and there is top twenty bets out there, um, no reason why not. It, it, there's, there's plenty of three figures there. He's one of them where you're getting seven to two, four to one for top twenties. So you could play those maybe in top twenty doubles with with the other tournament or the other two tournaments because we've discussed those as well. Uh, but in terms of can he get into a position to win, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially when it is a WGC, that is the thing, isn't it? It's a step up in class. Mm. But I just thought he was a, yeah. a reasonably yeah. big price. They've taken the um, bigger ones. They've taken the bigger prices already today. So yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, is there anyone? I've got one more. Yeah, I've got one more. One more to name uh, at decent odds, which is not going to be a surprise, and I'm going to look like a fool for. <laughs> Just doing a recency bias, but I'm going to do it anyway. But let's go with your one first. Yeah, it's uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Um, yeah, who uh, currently is uh, 140, 150 on the book. Um, if that's right, I'm going to interrupt this broadcast because if that's 303 is right on Betfair, that's just unbelievable. Um, got 12th uh, last year here. Um, got a fourth when it was just the um, St. Jude in 2017. Um, over the weekend, he hit seven birdies in his final round at 3M for a final round of 64 to follow up 71, 69 and 70. Um, he's actually, he, he doesn't win anything, but his uh, record in, in tournaments is, is, you know, amazing since he's reached the top uh, echelons of the world. Uh, there's a 24 events in WGC. He averages 28, uh, position of 28, which is not bad. Um, 16th in Mexico. Obviously, I said 12th round here. He's also got a 19th in Mexico. Um, he's actually obviously we know he's playing well after what he did over the weekend um, and he is just a player that I, I constantly look at to try and be within some fashion um, without winning yeah without winning yeah so we know he's tidy we know he's going to find greens his putting seems to for him seems to improved slightly I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world um, and I just think he's got positive vibes from the uh, gaff um there's 77 players in it. We were discussing earlier that we reckon we can definitely cross that, what, 15, 17? 
maybe. Yeah, you always can. Yeah, so let's say 17 at worst. So there's 60 players there, and they're asking for 7-2 to two for him to finish in the top 20. Around a course where he's already done that twice out of two efforts. Um, and he flew on Sunday, so he's, he's going there with confidence. So the better the week for me is Cabrera Bayo at 7-2, to two, or uh, I think that's the only market I saw. There might be 4-1. Uh, so 7-2, 4-1, top 20, Cabrera Bayo. If he's 300 on Betfair, as Ozchecker suggests at the moment, you've got to take that because you're only on my rules. You're only looking for 75 to one um, to double your money. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy uh, with that price. Uh, again, he can't win, um, but it's too big, and it's, it's. I, I, I don't see. How, you know, it's going to be very, very hard for him to knock him out. While you're also watching the top, and um, we, we've already discussed people like Watson. Maybe people like DJ Brooks, who may be injured, may not be injured. Um, there's massive doubts about them. We've got the middle of the field where we don't know what Phil's going to do. Um, Henry Stenson, as you rightly say, hasn't played for an age. We haven't got a clue what he's going to do. The likes of Scheffler, Nyman. Yes, they've got potential, but they haven't actually you know, done it in this grade. Cabrera Bayo's actually done it. And you only have to finish in the top 20. So that, for me, is the better of the week on all three events. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. I'm going to go with um, last week's winner. I think Michael Thompson. Now, you're going to sit there and go, okay, we won last week, so that's all you're going to, that's all you're attributing it to. Well, the last time he won was the Honda Classic, 2012, 2013. Sorry, the week after that win, he went to the Cadillac Championship and finished eighth. Uh, you know, the, the people that finished ahead of him that week, uh, Tiger Woods won. From Steve Stricker, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Graham McDowell, Keegan Bradley. Uh, he was tied with Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose and Peter Hansen, who at the time was a good player. So he was in great company that week. He obviously rode the form from the week before. And I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I thought that, mm. okay, the, the biggest threat in Tony Finau didn't put on the pressure that he should have done. And if he had done, could it have gone out differently? Um, but people were shooting low scores yesterday to give him a bit of a fright, weren't they? You know, you had, you had Adam Long was shot 63-64 over the weekend. Your man Tringali, 63-66. Mm-hmm. Grillo, 64-65. Uh, Shelton coming yeah, with a 64. He, he had to go in and shoot 67, which was his, you know, which was good enough for him to win. Um, I just think that, you know, maybe... He just rides the form for another week. And it's not like it's just come out of the blue that he won last week. He'd had an 8th at the Heritage. Uh, he was 46th at the Travellers, but that was with um, a 64 and a 68 on the week. Um, so he's obviously striking the ball really well. He's spoken about his confidence. I mean, he was in floods of tears, wasn't he, yesterday about the win? Um, you know, he's bit of job security for a couple of years. He's got his kids now. Yeah, of course. Um, does it become too important? Does he lax off just ready for next week? I don't know, but... He's he's nearly won a US Open, uh, you know, albeit you know, eight years ago, whatever it was. But a hundred and was he one hundred and fifty to one um, for the person that's just won? You know, in a field where a lot of the, the people that did turn up didn't even make the cut. You know, Kupka didn't make the cut. Bubba didn't make the cut. You know, uh, Finau is th- what is he thirty three to one? Thompson's doubled his win tally. I know, yeah. I know, and I really like Finau. I'm one of these sort of Finau apologists, sympathisers, whatever you want to call it. But I just thought it was, I just thought it was a big price. Just to, you've only got to go well for one more week after playing really well. 
it's a it's a big step up, isn't it? But I, yeah, I get your argument. It's a, it's a big step up from from who was trying to put him under pressure last week. They they got there and failed. Um, yeah, but he held firm in the U.S. Open when he had those sort of. Yeah, games, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's another there's another well-known Twitter person that is the biggest Michael Thompson fan in the world, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I can't. I can't see it. He was he was impressive. He was impressive at what he had to do. I, I'd be amazed if he. He'll live off that bunker shot for a few years, won't he? Yeah, we, like we were discussing it earlier. We, in the air, we thought we both thought that it was it was flying into the water, um, and in the end, it was a stunning shot. It's one of them, isn't it? It's one of them where you play your shot, and uh, it could go wrong if it's a foot the wrong way. You've got a really difficult putt, um, and as it happens, it was it was outstanding and. That must give him great confidence. I think that gave him the confidence down the stretch, didn't it? Seventeen, eighteen. Look, he might play better than his price, but he, he but it's not. Him. I, don't, I don't think he's going to win. I'm, he's I'm not, not going to sit here and go yeah, back look, to back. I don't, I'll have the Barrera Bayo. You have Thompson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Isn't it? I mean, that, I think that's what we're talking. None of them are going to. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Um, no. But they might do well. But he, he finished third here in 2015 on this course. He you know went 69, 69, 68, 66. Um, tied with Brooks Kepka that week. Phil Mickelson that week. Yeah, I just I just thought that bearing in mind he's just won, he's just proven it, and he's proven that when he wins he can go and back it up in a WGC event in a big field. It was just quite an impressive price, I thought. Yep. If if he was a hundred to one, I wouldn't be looking, or eighty to one, which I thought he was going to be, and I thought oh, I'm not interested. When he was double the price, I thought he might be, um, whether right or wrong. I was just quite interested at that. Yeah, it's fair enough. That's it. I'll, I'll, have a, that's I'll, tell you what, I'll have a side bet with you who finishes higher, him or Cabrera Bayer. Yeah, so okay, we'll that do. after, yeah. Yeah, sounds okay. good to me. <laughs> right, let's, let's wrap that up here because yep. we've been talking for hours. I'm losing my voice. Yeah. Good. Right, thanks very much, Jason. We'll see you again next All week. All right. Cheers, Tom.